So we're in the second week this week of our new series, looking at how we can be transformed. Um, if you were here last week, you'll have heard um, Ralph introducing this new series and talking about the fact that it doesn't matter what our theology is if it doesn't change our lives. So it's really important. Um, I, I read a book recently that was talking about the fact that God doesn't care whether you know the truth so much as he cares whether we trust and love God and we get to know God and that's the important thing and so this series we're trying to say we've done this progressive theology we've talked about what it is that we might believe um, but actually what difference does it make how does it transform us how does it make a difference in our lives Um, and so this week we're talking about how we see ourselves um, what does it make a difference in terms of how we see ourselves? So, but I thought I'd just start with two readings from the Bible. I know two readings from the Bible to begin with. That's like, I feel like that's double extra goodness. So, um, they should come up on the screen. The first one is from Genesis. So, Genesis 1, starting at verse 26, says... Then God said, let us make humankind in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air, and over the cattle and over all the wild animals of the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps upon the earth. And so God created humankind in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. And God saw everything that he had made, and indeed it was very good. And then the second verses I wanted to read are from Philippians chapter 2, and that says... Therefore, my beloved, just as you have always obeyed me, not only in my presence, but much more now in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is at work in you, enabling you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So we're in the second week this week of our new series, looking at how we can be transformed. And many of you might remember that Rob from Bath came in the autumn and talked to us about original blessing as an alternative way of looking at the world, looking at the Bible. Um, Many of us might have been brought up on thinking about original sin, but Rob talked to us about original blessing instead. So the idea that we are all created good and there's nothing in the Bible that suggests that this goodness is taken away. And those verses that I read at the beginning of Genesis 1, God saw everything that he'd made and indeed it was very good. And that's our starting point. So today I just want to look at this a little bit further and especially to think about how it makes a difference for our lives and what we can do to make it meaningful for us. How does this make a difference for us? Um, And I guess, I think it's pretty foundational for us, isn't it? For each of us, knowing that we're blessed, that we're good, makes a huge difference to the way that we see the world, 
Um, and that's both in terms of the way we see other people, because I'm good and I'm blessed, but you're good and you're blessed. So that makes a difference to how we see other people. Um, but it's also really important and foundation in terms of how we see ourselves. And I don't know about you, but I think it can be really difficult, can't it, to really understand that we are good, that we are loved, that we have God's blessing. Um, so it can be hard, but knowing that fact, knowing that we're good and that we're loved, does make such a big difference for us. Psychologists tell us that the way we see ourselves, knowing that we're loved and that we're worthy, makes a really big difference in how we cope with life, in how we cope with difficult situations and with relationships. Um, and for some of us who have been brought up in the church and who may have been taught that we are all sinners who deserves God's judgment and punishment, that can be really unhelpful, can't it? Like we might have been told that. Um, and actually, that doesn't help that foundational knowledge of who we are, that we're loved, we're loved by God. But I also don't want to imply that it's straightforward um, because like we... All of us see lots of suffering in the world all of the time, don't we? And we see people do bad things. And we know in ourselves that we do bad things. Each of us know that we've done things that aren't right. We do bad things. And so we know it's not right to say that everyone is good in the sense of being perfect or not needing to change. And that's, I guess, why I read the two different verses at the beginning because there's a bit of a compare and contrast there. There's a verse at the beginning that says, you are good, I am good, you are good, we are good, we're made in the image of God. And then there's another verse that says, and God transforms us and it's good to be changed. Um, and so I think that's, that's the important thing, isn't it? That we are, to know that we are good and yet also that we're called to transformation and change. And I think it's helpful for us not to think of these two things as contradictory, but as complementary. They're both and. John, can you just move the slide on? So they're both and, and it's important for us to be able to maybe grapple a little bit that we are both fully loved, fully and completely loved, and we can also change to become more fully human, more like God. That we can learn more about our being, who we are. And we can also work on our becoming, who we can become. That we can live out of love, live out of that knowledge that we are completely loved. And we can also live towards love. We can take action towards love. That blessing is, blessing just is, we just have blessing. And blessing also unfolds. We can discover more about our blessing. That love is an origin. It's part of the core of who we are is that we are loved. And love is also a goal. It's something we can work towards. And all of those, on some level they feel contradictory. And on another level, there's a synergy there. So knowing we are loved is such a core part of faith. 
Um, I read something recently by Richard Rohr that said that faith at its core is accepting that you're accepted. And I think we don't, if we don't know and accept that we're loved completely and wholly, it's really hard for us to fully enter into the rest of faith and living a whole and full life with God. It's that fundamental basis. I found another quote which I loved, which I think I put on the screen. So try moving on, John, and I'll see. Yeah, so I loved this one. I've no idea how to pronounce Frederick Buchner, Buchner, something like that. Turn around and believe that the good news that we are loved is better than we ever dared hope. And that to believe in that good news, to live out of it and toward it, to be in love with that good news, is of all glad things in the world, the gladdest thing of all. To know that we're loved and accepted. And there are no exceptions. It's true for every human being. And so it's true for you and it's true for me. It's true for all of us. Belonging to God is the center of our identity. It's where we start. It's to know God and to know ourselves. And yet it's often hard to accept, isn't it? Life throws lots of things at us that make it difficult to really accept and know that we're loved, accepted and belong. That might be social media, it might be films, books, TV, it might even be something that's said in the front at church. All of these things can all influence how we feel. It can make us feel different or feel unloved. Sometimes we harm each other and we harm each other's ability to know that we're loved and accepted. We can make people feel shame or that they're not worthy by the things we say and the expectations that we have about how people should behave or how people should live their lives. And if we forget our origin in God, our identity and sense of dignity get bashed around, get bashed around by our own view of ourselves and by how other people see us, or by how we think the world sees us. Well, might not even see us that way, but we think the world might see us in a certain way, and it bashes us around. We get bashed around by thoughts about whether we're worthy or whether God finds us worthy, whether we're measuring up or whether we're letting God down. And knowing that we're blessed by God and loved by God, knowing that in our head can often be really different to feeling that we're blessed and loved by God. And so I think we all need to create some space and maybe work a little bit to know that we're loved by God. Do something to tap into our inside, to our connection with God and knowing his love for us. It takes practice. It takes intention. It doesn't just happen. And for some of us, undoing the knowledge that we're sinful, I don't mean... So undoing that, what we've been told about what we're s- that we're sinful. Sometimes that's been told to us over many, many years that we're sinful and that we were made sinful. If that's you, then it takes time and it takes effort to undo that. It's something we just need to sit with and work through. So although we started at the beginning saying, we're all loved, it's lovely, isn't it? Like we've got to acknowledge that that doesn't all just come naturally, knowing that deep down inside. 
So we do need to spend time with God, listen to God, abide in God's presence so that we can know God's love. One of the songs that we sang earlier was about God singing their song over us and actually just resting in God's presence and letting God sing that song of love over us. Um, It can be so meaningful. Um, It doesn't happen in the busyness of our days. But it doesn't have to happen by sitting in silence at home on your own as well. It can happen through a walk or through listening to music or, it, you know, it doesn't, if sitting, sitting isn't in silence isn't your thing, it does, there's not just one way for this, but it is something about um, um, helping us to remember that God made us and God um, loves us. It takes some time. It takes some intention. It ca- takes some time of letting God sing that song over us to counteract those feelings of shame or unworthiness we might have picked up from other people or might just be in part of our feelings of guilt and sorrow. Helping us to remember that God made us and he made us to be us, to be as we are. Because God's love is our anchor. It's that constant that never goes away. And when the difficult situations come, and they will, they come to all of us, we will all find difficult situations. We need that anchor to carry us through as God walks with us through our sorrows and hardships. So when we question our identity with God or whether we're doing the right that knowledge of God's love Belonging to God is our rock. It's our firm foundation. So it's worth us putting the effort in, in whatever way works for us, Um, whether that's by going for a walk or going and listening to music or whether it is sitting in silence sometimes. It's worth us putting that in, effort in, to fully know that that love and belonging that comes from God and that never goes away. And I guess the compliment to knowing that we are loved, that we are accepted as we are, is that love is also a goal. It's something where we change and grow and develop to become more of who God created us to be, more connected and in tune with God and God's divine self in us. We learn to be who we really are. We learn to be more of ourselves, grow into a full and wholesome life. So John chapter 10 should also be up on the screen. So it says, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I love that verse. Jesus came that we may have life and have it abundantly. Abundant life, good, wholesome life. Um, I was reading um, a book by Danielle Schroyer about original blessing. Um, And she's got a quote, which is on the next slide, John, um, which was, I found really helpful. So she says, the gospel is a story of a God who is so faithfully for us and intent on being with us that God became human to help us embody the wholeness and fullness of life we've been made for. So just that thinking that And about how we embody that fullness of life we've been made for. We are made to have full and wholesome lives. 
and there's something about we can step into that and enjoy it and and live it so that gos- the gospel it's an invitation to participate in the blessing on life of God that we are blessed and loved so like we are blessed and loved that happens anyway that is our core that's our anchor and then it's our choice to participate in it or not we can make that choice do we want to live in it and enjoy it and revel in it so rather than seeing salvation as a single moment when we make a decision so that we go to heaven when we die, maybe it's more helpful for us to see salvation as where we are always growing, always changing, where we're journeying with God and stepping into that abundant life that God has for us. So by journeying with God, we can change to be more like God and grow increasingly into the person God created us to be. I just want to say that doesn't mean rejecting our past, our, rejecting ourselves or that our past selves were not loved or that we need to change the things that make us us. But it does mean growing into increased unity with God, reflecting God's divine image as God made us in God's image and it means living in the here and now in God's kingdom here on earth and working to bring more of heaven on earth here today as well I've got a quote that I love and it's by Rowan Williams I know I've I know I've used this before in church so if you remember it great and I forgive me but I, I think it's really helpful so this is a quote by Rowan Williams talking about Desmond Tutu And Rowan Williams says, I have a theory which I started elaborating after I met Archbishop Archbishop Desmond Tutu a few times, that there are two kinds of egotists in this world. There are egotists that are so in love with themselves that they have no room for anybody else. And there are egotists that are so in love with themselves that they make it possible for everybody else to be in love with themselves. They are at home in their skins. It doesn't mean that they're arrogant or self-obsessed or think they're faultless. They have learned to sense some of the joy that God takes in them. And in that sense, Desmond Tutu manifestly loves being Desmond Tutu. There's no doubt about that. But the effect of that is not to make me feel frozen or shrunk. It makes me feel that just possibly by God's infinite grace, I could one day love being Rowan Williams in the way that Desmond Tutu loves being Desmond Tutu. And for me, that quote gets across a bit of that sense of this is about living fully into ourselves. It's not trying to pretend to be somebody different, but it's trying to live that full life. But it's our lives. It's our own lives. We are all who we are. So how do we do that? How do we become... How do we experience love as a goal? How do we live towards love or experience the unfolding of blessing? I don't have all of the answers. Linda might have them in a minute. (laughs) She's shaking her head, by the way. Um, So there's something about learning to know ourselves and God, but it can feel selfish, can't it, or self-absorbed to spend time exploring who we are. But I think it's an important part of becoming And as we do this with God, it helps us to grow into our full selves. 
I heard a phrase recently which I thought was really helpful and it was non-judgmental awareness of self and that is really different to being non-judgmental of self. Does that make sense? So being non-judgmental of self it's a bit like Donald Trump, right? It's like having no judgment. I do what I like, even if it harms other people. That's not helpful. That's not how we're nice to other people in the world. That's not how we live together well as community. But non-judgmental awareness of self is having that self-awareness and learning more about ourselves, but also not beating ourselves up about it because we're not perfect, we're human beings. So we're not being judgmental of ourselves, but we are having some self-awareness. And if we can do it, that self-exploration in a way that is realistic, but that doesn't knock us down, it's really helpful. Being secure in the knowledge that God knows all our flaws already. And like the father of the prodigal son is always there, always loving, never turns away. And that's the context in which we might work towards some self-awareness. And we can learn to make wise choices then, can't we? To live full and whole lives. But it's not a formula that says, do this and good things will happen to you. We're not talking about, if you do this, then God will bless you. Because we will fail and God will love us anyway. That's just a fact. We will fail. We all fail. I fail. God loves us anyway. God doesn't love us more when we do better things or make wiser choices because God's love is full and complete anyway. He loves us completely. So he can't love us more because he already loves us the most that he can love us. But we can live into our blessing through practice. We can live into that blessing align ourselves with God. My final quote and final um, slide for this morning is a quote by Maltman, Jürgen Maltman, who said, we are not loved because we're beautiful and good. We're beautiful and good because we're loved. And I love that because God's love transforms us, but we have to let it, we have to live into it. So hopefully we've communicated this morning that God loves all of us. God loves you. God loves me. And that if you take nothing more than this away today, then just knowing that you are loved and you are blessed by God. You are loved as you. Loved who, as who you are. God didn't make me to be Linda or Linda to be me. God made us who we are and he loves us who we are. And knowing we are loved changes our lives. It gives us an anchor as we face challenges and difficulties, knowing that God is with us and loving us through it all, meaning that we can be confident in living life knowing God loves us and allowing us to live, really live and thrive the full and whole life that God wants for us.